Jake. Jake. I what? think we need to record new intros with maybe your car and my car. And I think that. we should too. I 100% yeah. agree with that. Because, come over. yeah, it we'll, should be we'll our cars doing that. Yeah, I agree. That would okay, be, especially my that. car sounds like way better than it does in that clip. And uh, yeah, well, it'd be cool to be does it sound like the 2.8 RSR? I knew, knew it was not. <laughs> <laughs> but at least it'll be us. Exactly. Right. That's, that's kind of kind of what I'm like. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I am Jake. We got a news episode for you. And, and that's Jake's right. All nine sorts of stuff. I see how like I went. This was my. We did record this was, another episode. I went to go to the bathroom. I came back and there's this like laundry list of shit to do on your 944. Which so is that mainly to be exciting. It's mainly for me. As so I was like, <laughs> yeah, what else am I doing? What else do I have to do? And I was like, I might as well write it down for myself. So, yes, I have a laundry list of the things that are left before it can be started and driven. Yes. Yeah. So, which I wow. we don't even we don't need to really. Yeah, we can. It. We can talk about it a little bit of the, the driven to death car. This thing, this shit power right here is flooding again so i can't believe that i thought you had you had you had a fix i drove i drove it around like for days with no problem okay. and then now it's flooding again isn't it the same carburetor same carburetor S- the middle carburetor new flow new flow i'm i'm i have to, i what? imagine i'm imagining people are like fucking talk about something else yeah, and i you're so right i don't you're right. i don't want to like dwell on it too I, much. I okay you're, but you're i bought i bought vibration isolators yeah for the carburetor because you can have those i didn't think they were necessary and some people say they are some people say they're not we're gonna find out i here's what pisses me off the car is full of i finally because i thought it was fixed i put good oil in it so it's got brad pen in it with two quarts of gasoline so it's just like i've this will be the fifth time i changed it i'll be like 250 oh because the oil gets fuel contaminated just yeah so you can't use it that's frustrating okay stupid I would change out all the gross jet um, float valves for regular old neoprene needle valves. I don't see those anywhere. I don't see that that's available. You don't think so? I'm pretty sure they are for DCOEs. I will look. I don't see so that. That's what I would recommend. And that's all I'll say about it. Okay. Well, I'll look into that. I ordered a fuel pressure regulator, which I don't have. Okay. Because what like, do you know? Like, do you have a gauge there? It's like three. Yeah, I hooked up a gauge. It's three PSI. But I That's bought fine. a fuel pressure editor anyway. Just like, <laughs> I don't know. Just Maybe it like spikes or doesn't I don't make sense. So I bought doesn't one. Make sense. Yeah, I bought one. Okay. Just put it on there. Wait, do it. Is this mechanical or electrical fuel pump? It's electric pump. I tried putting a the mechanical pump on the block. I took the block off plate off because it's yeah. a CIS engine. And right. I put the mechanical pump on there. Does it not have it, the cam? It doesn't have the cam for the. I thought it would really but it doesn't. you would There's think nothing. so. Why would they change that? But I, I don't know. It just doesn't right. do anything. Well, there you go. All right. Yeah. Change your float valves. And unless no, it wouldn't matter. I was going to say, unless I have the pump upside down, but it, it doesn't matter. It would. No, nope. Nope. It's just a little thing that sticks out. It's just a plunger that gets pushed. So right. If I flip it upside down. It's still going to do the same thing. Yeah. But a push on the other side of. No, it's, it's just a cylinder with like a thing that sticks out. It's oh. not like offset or any, it's not a way. it's not an arm. Usually no. they go like that. No, it's an arm. No, it goes a, like that. It's a pokey it's a, thingy. It's a pokey. Got it. Yeah, it's a pokey. Got one. it. So okay. That's, 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 that's the it. driven that's... to death car. However, yes. I didn't make a phone call today. <laughs> uh-huh. To make a phone call today to a company. Uh-huh. Who did you okay? Are you gonna I call, elaborate? I call Genvy. Okay. I called Genvy and they are known for their the options. Individual throttle um, body EFI systems. Yep, which bolts right up to the DCOE bolt pattern. Oh, that's kind of cool. And it makes so, sense. So, so I the manifolds would, would work. The manifolds and the manifolds would work. Yes. Now, you got a little snarky, but my two cents were I really enjoy the fact that the carburetors are like period correct for the car. And when you go fuel injection, like it's, yeah, it's a I mean, modern they go really solution. Well with the, with the 3D printed intake manifold that, that from 1967. Yeah. Right, totally. but at least... That could have been, it wouldn't have been 3D printed, obviously, but it could have been sand cast. Like, that suppose. is still a thing that could have been done. I know. It looks dude. correct. I love carburetors on the car. And I don't, you're right. I doesn't, it's not my fight, but. Dude, I'm so done, man. I'm just done. I'm that's done. why I just want you to change the, the valves. And <sighs> I think the fuel pressure regulator be good. I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm like, I'm really, dude, I threw a tool today. 
<laughs> what tool screwdriver. did you throw, a Chris? Screw, my screwdriver, my flathead screwdriver. Where I did you throw it? As hard as I don't know, it's gone. I threw it as hard <laughs> as I could into the garage, and it's in here somewhere. I'm not. I don't get like mad very often. I was. You have like dude. anger regulation issues. No, I I'm don't. Not saying, I never do that. I never no, do but that. That's not something you do that sometimes. Like shout. Yeah, I'll say G, and then yeah, yeah I guess I'll shout or yell. You do that too. That's so I don't do that. I don't have outbursts. That's an outburst, is what I would call it, Chris. Yeah, you don't have time for an outburst because you're too busy going so fast that you break things. Correct. Yeah. So you don't. Have what was I drilling out this week again? Too fast. Oh, oh starter solenoid bolt. No, but I I just go through drill bits like. Why don't I go ahead and grab a microfiber that has oil on it and clean my glasses? How does that sound? That Can sounds that? really smudgy and good. I'll talk about my park because yeah, yeah I was drilling with, out with a starter your, uh, solenoid car. Yeah, the parts car exactly because every time I go to bolt something up, I realize there's another system or component that needs a part. So I'm down to a short list, though, of list of things I'm waiting on. I could have told you this was going to happen. Yeah. You're like, oh, I got an engine from this. Yeah, I knew. I I knew it in the back of my head. That this was going to be a problem. I also knew that. But why? Why? I do not know. So I'm waiting on the turbo coolant pump because, of course, there's an electric pump that runs the coolant through the turbocharger after you shut the car off. An after run pump? Yep, basically. It's just a ancillary pump that you need yeah um it's, it's important that's important. yeah uh, Otherwise, the starter you, you solenoid the bearings, right right starter solenoid is toast so i need one of those that's on the way the coolant expansion tank the idiot changed to a naturally aspirated 944 coolant expansion tank and it has not the right provision for the coolant for said coolant pump to the turbo of course okay i need a new o2 sensor because that was toast tie rod ends are disgusting and then I torn? just are they all torn up or what? I like I probably could just buy the boots for them, but you can't. I don't know. Whatever. Maybe I'll just get the okay. boots. Um, and then I just have to bolt it all back together, Chris. I have the steering rack and all of the power steering lines that go to looking at your the little list here. New power steering coolant, Dude, Jake. Situation. This is taking you forever. It's because I only have like four hours a week to work on it. I am gonna. That's guess all I allocate don't even to myself. Do that. That's probably what I allocate. Something like that. You have you should be going out there and getting like one little thing done every day. Just yeah, like one I little agree. thing. That would be good for morale. I cleaned yeah, the garage really well. Oh, like I thought your garage is always perfect. It was disgusting actually because I had diesel fuel everywhere. Were you there yeah. for that? Yeah, I was there for that. It's it's amazing how messy your garage gets when you're actually doing something. Ha 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 ha. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you're always making saying, fun of me that my garage is a disaster. It is. It's because it is in a constant state of project. And you know what it's my like argument every to that day is? The tools come out. Have you ever every day seen the tools go away? Like a dealership garage where they work on things every single day and it's spotless. Yeah, but the thing is, is those aren't even mechanics; those are technicians. They're not working on old cars. They're just like they get a part and it's that's broken, and then they put the part in. They're not doing an engine swap that's custom with with old shit with different parts, and like it's just not the same. That's thing. very reductive, though, to not call them mechanics. They're not. They're technicians. There's a huge difference between mechanics. There is a huge difference. And I'm talking about the actual mechanics that work at dealerships that are like hugely certified to make more money than I a lot, lot more money. Yeah. Yeah. The mechanics are pretty good dudes. I feel like there's way too many technicians out there, though, on fault finding missions with their little computers. I could see that for sure. Um, How did we get there? Look at at shops. Look at shops. Look at old shops that have been around forever that work on anything. They all look like my garage. I know. You're right. Because they're actually. It's destroyed. harder to work on old, old cars <laughs> that are destroyed and rusty yes, or exactly. oily and everything yes. else. It's oh, not the man. same as working on cars with warranties, which is the majority of what newer cars are what the dealership. Right. Are and so on. all you do is you swap components. I know Nobody, what you're talking about. this isn't from the, this isn't going down to carousel Mercedes or whatever it is. Not what, carousel, whatever. You components. could. You could, though. They would be <laughs> happy to try. take your money, Chris. I should try. I should take it. Yeah, but like, then yeah, you're going to get a $600 sticky, bill for if I brought that in the Mercedes dealership and was like, I would actually love sticky, that. Should, I would love that. We could, we should roll it in there and see what they say and just be de- deadpan serious. Just be like, yeah. I can't, you know, I'm not sure. I just bought this car from a guy. <laughs> no, don't even the say that. Is sticky. I don't know. I, I just can't. I don't know. I, I don't work. And on then cars. just drink all their coffee and their complimentary snacks and yeah. in their nice waiting and room. They, w- they would 
tell you to sorry we're not gonna i'm sure they would say we're not gonna work on that thing eh, no they would you even like would? the porsche shop like takes crazy old stuff and they'll yeah it but for this you. isn't just crazy old shit this is like weird they would they would look this up in the parts catalog and go It'd be hilarious. These if don't they have did part that. numbers on the intake manifolds. Like, what? These, these, <laughs> these aren't Zeniths or Solexes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mercedes I, didn't use Weber. They used Solex, oh, really? German, Zenith, yeah. German, German. That's yep. it. They didn't. They didn't stoop to the the lowly Italian. Those darn Italians that are leaking yeah. all over the place. Leaking all That's over the place. The problem. With their ladder it frame. wants German carburetors, Chris. That's all the problem. It is. You we'll need find side, me draft some Zenith side drafts. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Is that, well, you could get Solexes. Like, sure. Solex has a side draft, don't they? That's the whole problem. The I'm, car I'm doesn't gonna, like the Italians. I'm going to look. I think Solex has side drafts. <laughs> Let me see. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Mikuni? Mikuni Solex. Mikuni is Japanese. Yeah. 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 I know. Nope. I don't see Solex. Yep. Mikuni Solex. It must have been like a collaboration. That's cool. Some, for something. something. Well, no they are they were the access powers in the war, so Yeah, they were working <laughs> together. Yeah, why not? Well, that's uh, what that car is then. You gotta put some Japanese parts on it then too. Moving right along. I have to uh bolt the interior all back together, intake manifold, vacuum line nightmare. There are I, so many I told you this was all a bad idea, dude. I told yep. you it was a bad idea. Sway bar, and now you're in so deep. Fuel rail. I got to rebuild the, the injectors in, in a, the definition alternator of and all the wiring that goes along with it. The oil cooler and all the lines go along with it. It's just it's I'm down to a list, though. I think this is a fairly complete list now. OK, sure. Whatever like, I feel say. like it's getting there. OK, I'll take I'm your basically done on the underside of the car. That feels good. So now I'm looking at the engine from the top view. Gotcha. I, I, it's terrible, Chris. It's terrible. I know. All they're right. Terrible. Well, they're terrible cars to work on. They 100% are. I hate and this you thing. are you have one that doesn't have all the parts and you have to figure it out. And that sounds this sounds like the worst project you could ever take on. Yep. Or one of them. In you this, know what? In this in this world of that we're in with Porsches and everything. It's and uh, it's it's a cars. good experience. And everything I do after this now is going to be like a simple carbureted old car. That well, you're not going to get EFI and try and do like standalone and Haltech and nope I don't have any interest in that to be honest <sighs> I got you know the hardest part of that is going to be trying to figure out a way to do a crank position sensor why it's not that hard you can buy kits that are like universal and easy the bolt mm, on your I guess it depends on what the bolt pattern of the damper. crank pulley is but you have to like you have to bolt yes you can out. buy a kit you can buy the wheel but you still have yeah. to wait to have a way to mount the wheel to the crankshaft sure you take your front pulley off and either weld it or figure out what the bolting is and center drill it and boom, rock and roll. Nobody's nobody's welding a crank position sensor wheel to anything. It sounds okay. like the most well, inaccurate. Just like, sandwich it between your pulleys. Nope, that will not work. Why no, not? I think what's going to have to happen is an aluminum spacer is going to have to get made. That has okay. holes in it that yeah. you basically put it on the front of the pulley. Why the front? Then, because there's, so there's then, not... So every time you have to change a belt, you have to take your sensor off and then like recalibrate the distance to the hall sender. It's a V-belt. You don't have to do that. You just slide the V-belt over the thing. What are you talking about? The belt has to come outside. If this is in front of the belt, that means every time you change the belt, you'd have to either take the sensor off or cut the belt. But then you'd have to take it off anyways to get to the new one. No, you should just the, the pulley isn't any different. It's just a little longer. It's not... What are you talking about? You're putting, about, are you putting the sensor in front of the belt, the serpentine belt? So you have to unplug the sensor. Who cares? You just go boink and you That's just dumb. unplug it. That's, That's dumb. Put it behind. Put it closer to the block. No, not. Why no. would you not do that? All right. Because, anyways. No, that's not going to work. Why? I, I know the pulley system on this car. That will not work. I'm telling you it will not work. It needs or to go to the front. You could just get the correct carburetor or, or get the carburetors that you're working with. or i could just run points ignition and use the standalone for fueling only in which case you wouldn't need a crank sensor that's so like dumb this. to run points and standalone i know it's weird right i don't think it's weird I'm sure, well it probably has been done but that seems so backwards it just seems lazy, doesn't it? It seems very lazy. <laughs> like, like you have not... all this potential to have oh, ignition yeah. be controlled, like, and, like, but you're not doing perfect it. ignition and like weird yeah. advanced curves if you need it. Now nah, let's yeah. just do that. Let's just yeah. leave it to points. That's dumb. <laughs> all right. 
That's really All dumb, right. Chris. Anyway, do you uh, want to talk about some news? Yeah, why don't you tell me about Petrobox first? Let's do that. Petrobox, not stupid. I do love Petrobox. That I don't get sick of. It's not a 944 Turbo. Petrobox is your monthly service made specifically for the automotive enthusiasts in your life. As I talked about last week, you've heard these ads probably over and over again. However, I know for a fact that the vast majority of you have not tried out Petrobox. And my Mm -hmm. question is, what are you waiting for? Because it's a great gift either for yourself. How many times have you been asked by like, your family or friends oh, yeah. like, oh, what, what do you want for I your get- birthday? What should yeah. I get you for Christmas? And then you're always like, um, I don't know, because what do we do? We always order tool. the stuff that we want right away, right? Like you're not waiting for something like yeah, you so were. So if you know somebody kid, like that, here you go. This is the gift. It's perfect. It's great. Um, there's two different levels to choose from. You have the Petrobox Basic for $19.95 a month. You also have the Petrobox Premium for $39.95 a month. You can give as many months of the subscription gift as you want to. And you can use code Overcrest at checkout to get $6 off your first month. And what do you get every time? You get cool pins. You get a sticker. You get a magnet. Well, my kids, and get, my kids then, get pins and stickers because yes, okay. I steal them. And you get the detailing supplies. The tool goes along with the detailing supply and the other standalone tool that you always get that is somehow always something you end up using within the next month. It's quite strange. It's amazing. And then there's always a T-shirt there. It's really it's really cool stuff, guys. And it's a great gift. All right. Morgan Stanley says not not a biased source. Just it's Morgan Stanley. It's an investment bank. I like how you specified that. Yes. Morgan Stanley says $7 trillion needed to rewire EV battery supply chain in multipolar, multipolar world. So I read this. Um, they're, they're being punny there a little bit by rewire. What they're talking about is if we're going to be EV for the for the future, if that's we're what talking, we're moving to like, across we're the talking board, Western world a little bit. Yeah, correct. What they're saying is we have to somehow figure out and restructure the way that our batteries and infrastructure is built. Because guess what? We're relying on China to build all these batteries. And that's not good for independence of our nation, for economies, for supporting Chinese things that aren't good. So Morgan Stanley's global auto team led a broadly collaborative analysis that revisited the investment implications of the EV battery supply chain. By the way, this $7 trillion doesn't even account the like $14 trillion or whatever it's going to take to even put charging stations everywhere right no so this is like, just changing the supply chain of the batteries blah uh, blah blah key enhancement there, i don't want to read all this fuck it no you, you don't need to. It. that's the, the estimate of a total investment of seven trillion dollars would be needed in the ev battery supply chain by 2040 i figure that assumes yeah. any array of targeted regulations and policies so, to facilitate onshore blah blah, blah 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 i'll stop you right there did you listen to the episode that you weren't on no i didn't think so okay but Here's what the interesting takeaway was from that, and this supports that, is yes, the future right now looks like it's going to be all EV. That's what everyone is totally 100% invested in. The good news is the laws will say that they're not going to get like take away your keys for your old no, they'll combustion just make it, engine. I don't care what anybody says. They're just going to make it untenable. It will not be illegal. You'll be able to do it illegal. if you want to. Yes, you will. Enjoy, enjoy the extra taxes. It'll, it'll be the, a little bit more tax. expensive for sure. Uh, it's yes. going to be a lot more expensive. Um, but there were also some comments from Joel and also some uh, implications from lawmakers that maybe we are going to do a oops and turn around and backstep a little bit on this EV only thought because we're going to have to because it, it's it, not it's, it's not going to work. It can't. We can't feasible. get there that quickly. Right. And, and it and doesn't look, make I a use case. I don't care. If we move towards EV, I don't, I used to care a lot. Obviously, I had this, yes. I had this whole brand that I was, that I came up with called Vroomsday. Yep. We were going to make shirts with like, yep. it's the end of the world. Like come and take it with like a steering yep. wheel and a shift. Like I don't care anymore. Okay. I would love to have like a little electric truck that I can just plug in and drive around and not worry it, about it. It makes a lot of it's sense fine. for most of the time. I don't care. The problem is, is it's, it is such a different infrastructure that's needed compared to combustion engines that you can, that inevitably you cannot have both in the end. I don't know if it's in our lifetime or our kids, probably our kids. Inevitably, you will not have. We both. talked you about this. Won't. You want we, in, in 100 years. In 100 years, you uh-huh. these two supply chains right next to each other are not going to coexist. They're just they not. will. 
No, yeah. they won't. They will not. They Your will gas not station exist. will have charging ports. Yes. And, and maybe like one pumps you can... I don't know, fill up your vintage jet ski and your old <laughs> shitbox Toyota Camry? Like, wh- what are you thinking is... Hold on. What are you what? thinking is going to happen? Okay? As what of, like, mean? 2030, 2035, yeah. all new cars must be EV. Okay? So... That's what they're saying, but it won't happen. Yes. Let's say it's 2040, Jake. Let's go okay. with 20... Let's Either go way, t- you're let's, saying... Hold on. Let me say what I'm going to say. In a world, it is going to be all EV. Go. Okay, fine. 2040. Yes. Let's say we go, then we're saying 2070. Okay. So I'll, in 2070, I'll be 100. I'm going to be 100 years you'll be, old. You'll be dead. With my 3D printed freaking shit that pumps out all the brake cleaner toxins out of my body. Okay. That's that seems good. Yeah. It's going to be great. I'll be, let's say 2060. I'll be 90. Maybe I'll still be around. Maybe. From 2040 to 2060. Or Yep is another 20 years. Do you think that people that are driving around in the last of the combustion engine cars Mm -hmm. are going to be just limping those things along 20, 30, 40 years later? What about guys driving cars now? They're buying a car now, 2023, 2060. All right, so we're talking a 37-year-old car in Minnesota. People are going to somehow be driving this thing? Not the majority. You're right. No, they will not. They will not do it. They're going to be old. The parts are going to be harder to find. People okay. aren't going to want to work on them anymore. The regulations are going to make it untenable. The two supply chains are going to uh, completely uh, diverge, and one will cease to exist or become much more difficult to use. It's not going to be illegal, but market forces will make it way harder. Here's here's to, the to other maintain. thing that you actually touched on and it's been one of my points is there are other things that use gasoline that cannot be run on electricity. Like what? Efficiently. Like for one boats, boats use a ton of power. They are not a good candidate. Near the lake is going to be your, your 91 non-ox boat pump and it's going to be $15 a gallon. Well, you can fill up your 911 on that in their mind is driving around in their 2020 Toyota Camry putting 15 to $20 now a, a gallon gas yeah. to do their shit no, daily. You're right. It's it ain't going to happen. It's specialty. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Period. But the you would be able to, is my point. It exists. The infrastructure <laughs> okay. is there still. Yeah. Well, if I strangle you, but not just, just enough so you can breathe a little, then uh-huh. it's not murder. It's just correct strangling. Yeah, yeah, just that. Just ha, a ha, ha, ha. Yeah, which ha, you ha. feel like now. Yeah, it's bullshit. I, it's it's it, that's the bummer is that the choice disappears. I'm okay with the EV stuff. I'm not. It's just going to become yeah, very. It's very, not the very ideal difficult. for every scenario, as we talked about. Almost no scenario is combustion engine yeah. ideal anymore. Ironically, as you were talking about how long people are hanging on to their cars, people are actually hanging on to their cars longer than ever in history the average age of the cars and new light record. trucks in the u.s has risen again this year to a new record of 12 and a half years as the average age of a car on the road speculation is that consumers are not purchasing new vehicles initially due to supply constraints that cause low levels of new vehicle inventory and then by slowing demand as interest rates and inflation reduced buying power basically like you couldn't buy these cars and you didn't want to buy these cars so people are just hanging out in their old stuff. The combined effect caused sales of new light vehicles in the U.S. to drop 8% from 2021's 14.6 million down to blah, blah, less blah. than hey, 14 million. I would love, I would love it's this. It's the lowest level recorded in a decade. I would love to see this. I would like to see a chart of how many people are keeping their shipbox okay. alongside the, the average price of a car. Because the average price of a car since 2000, 2010 yes. has, gone, yes. has, has gone insane. Well, if and you I, would have let me finish, that's exactly where I'm going with this. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought we were having a... Can we have a conversation? No, Chris. You just want to read to me? Just going to read to you. No, just but you're, you're, you're right. And so that is where I was going with this. So Because who let can me finish. afford like a $40,000 car? Regular people <laughs> like can't. It's ridiculous. That's, I'm an enthusiast, would... so I'll make the sacrifice and pay. Most right. people are like, I'm not doing that. And yeah. they'll buy like a 99 Civic or a 2010 Civic because they don't care. Yeah, no, it's so reports say that 
cars aren't going to be as on on the road as long. They say, oh, this is the peak. Twelve and a half years. That's the that's the oldest. They're they're going to return back to normal. But the volume know, of vehicles on the road that are 16, 14 years old will grow by another 10 million by 2028. And why is this? You're exactly right. In addition here's to the the economic two, here's reasons. Two, here's two things. Okay. One, people yes. don't people half of people don't want an EV. Okay. Yes. So you yep. have that factor. They don't yes. want it. Correct. The other half don't want to spend the money. Yes. Cars and are that, just and that is damn expensive. That's nonpartisan. People that don't want an EV are largely conservative Republicans. Yes. They don't want it. The yep. other one, people that don't want to spend the money, that's bipartisan. So you have 50% don't want a new car as right. everything's shifting to, or don't want an EV as, as we're shifting that way. And the even, other ones don't want to afford it. Even beyond EVs, this was kind of my, my last take on this, is I say that people just aren't super excited about new cars, period. Like, gas or otherwise i don't think outside of like little niche things like it's not general talk at work like oh guess what i just got the new corvette or something you know People what? just don't care here's, here's why there's nothing to brag about there's no more innovation yeah as you're coming up through the 70s 80s 90s early right. 2000s people were excited of innovation tons and it was tons stuff of that innovation normal people understood right now there's no i mean you had to have like to be we, such like, a was nerd. It last week we discussed uh you can get a Kia that has CarPlay. Right. For like what was it? 14 grand or something. Yeah, it was like dirt that. cheap. It was great. Like, but it's like you're not no... gonna talk about that. You're right. It's not exciting. So people aren't excited. Exciting about and that. The, and there's no reason. But they're too expensive. So to your point, the average new car sold in December of last year cost. Now, this is the oh, average, Chris. Dude. Forty nine thousand five hundred dollars. Okay. Which is a record that... high. I need to know this stat. Maybe you know this from looking it up. Yes. Where does that stop? What luxury level does that stop at? Is that like including a GT2 RS at $400,000? This is just sold? average. Every single car sold in the US, they averaged it. So okay. sure, well, it some includes cars are some like of those. hundred thousand dollars Yes. And a lot of people buy them, Chris. Some cars right. are also $14,000. A lot of people okay. buy those. The absolute average is $50,000 for a new car. Woo. So just for comparison, I looked up what the average cost was back i just picked around number 2010 yep. you have any guess what the average cost was keep in mind it's 50 grand 2010 so i'm thinking of like the cars like a mark six volkswagen they had a couple cars that they were selling at the time for like you could get a jetta for 15 grand back then 16 i think it was yeah they yeah. were proud of that yeah that was like crank windows or something yeah exactly and it had a, like an eight valve engine in it that's right at the end. I'm going to go $28,000. 24. Wow. Yeah. 24. Think grand. of that what increase. Is that a, what is that adjusted for? It's inflation? more than double the price. Oh, we got to do it. I'm going to pull up sure. an inflation calculator. Yeah. I want to see because right now, what that is today. who the fuck knows? You know, it's like. Right. You can't do the quick math in your head. Well, yeah. The, the inflation in the last couple of years has been bonkers. You can't keep up. I can't. All right. Calculate. 24,000. Okay, that still is we've, ridiculous to go we've from gone 50. Through, dude, we've gone through 30% inflation in 13 years. Holy shit. Or That's just cars like, are more expensive. Yeah, cars and there's the whole metric of everything. is Right, is, I know. But in comparison, even, I feel like, yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous. Hold on. So cost, Hold on. I'm going to do another metric here. Cost of a okay. gallon of milk in 2010. Uh, milk inflation is like kind of like this thing, right? Okay. Let's see here. In 2010, it was $3.26. Now it's $4.09. There's also some interesting economic theories behind milk because Gen Z, I was just, I was listening to this weird presentation. I won't tell you why or need to go into it. But Gen Z are basically shunning milk, Chris. Why? Because why should we be wearing, like eating these bovine products when we could have oat milk or we could have some other lactose-free milk? Chris. Yeah, you can have some soy stuff that rots your testicles. That's fine. But like it's really More chicks for the rest of us. The <laughs> the rate of like dairy consumption is much lower now. It's very interesting. So the supply and demand curve goes up. Well, I also think that up. I understand there's a lot of people are scared of hormones too. And there's a lot that of hormones is a big in milk deal. if you don't it is you yeah, don't get hormone free it. milk. Yes. I, we try to get our kids <clears throat> milk without human or not human growth hormone, but what is it? That'd bovine, be weird. Bovine, bovine hormones. hormones, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Okay. Anyways, uh, speaking of cars that are new and expensive, Vietnam's first and only domestic automaker, VinFast, announced several years ago that it was producing the first Vietnamese cars to be sold right here on U.S. soil. And with a name that sounds like what Vin Diesel might call himself, the company's first vehicle is for sale here, and it's the VF8. Oh, it's that's it's for sale here. You can buy so it. They, you they, could they... have bought it like months ago. Like it's okay. here. VinFast, the VF8. And the cars are already being delivered to customers, and they are unanimously terrible. The all-electric SUV, it's all-electric, features a dual-more setup that is... Uh, That's what I, dude, I'm telling you. You're going to see so much of this EV stuff coming over the ocean. Yeah. Because it's oh, yeah. so easy to design. Yeah. Let me see. In comparison to... To, like, building your own motor. Yeah. To do, like, a combustion engine without just yep. buying it from someone else. Right. Insanely difficult. Transmission, engine, yeah. all that stuff. Insanely Which, complex. EV motor? I don't know. RC car. Make one. I can make one. Which you saying sourcing the motor. Keep in mind, they basically are sourcing the motor. These drivetrains is probably right. like a Bosch power unit, right? Yeah. So, yes, yeah, it's sure. very easy. So it's a very like generically styled SUV with one review stating it looked like something a chat GPT would create if you asked it to design an SUV. And after <laughs> hearing that and reading that, I looked at it and I'm like, yeah, you are 100 percent right. Like the proportions are kind of off somehow. But well, at it least the wheels look are round. Like anything, anything you tell, like, yeah, uh, you're right. <laughs> anything yeah. you tell it, AI to make never has round wheels. Yeah. So here's the problem, though. Fingers. Test drives give reports of nausea-inducing body roll, scary steering, and panel gaps that would make '90s GM trucks feel ashamed. The worst part: the pricing. This thing. Every review I read is like abhorrent. It's like terrible for somehow they're like this can't be a production vehicle it seems like it should be one of the first test models that they give the press but it's finished they're delivering it to customers and it's that bad and prices start at well over 50 grand 50 grand for this toilet? it's not a cheap like like where are they why car. why is it this expensive like what are we looking at here what is the dude the the shifting how you shift into reverse neutral or drive did you see this it's the giant buttons that don't save any space it's p R and D. It each has its own button. Park, right. reverse, Which, neutral, drive. Why couldn't you just have a lever? Because usually the excuse is, oh, well, we need to save room, right, on the controls. Well, this is a lot less complicated. It's just a button. You know, if any moving part that you have that's like a lever or needs, I suppose. needs bearings and engineering. and Yeah. I mean, well, it's wow. terrible. So get ready to see your VIN you know fasts. What, you know what else is not terrible? What? The Overcrest Drivers Club. That's right. I have to say thank you to uh, you know what I'm pulling it up. Go ahead, all our new members. I'm going to pull it up. We're yeah, Overcrest Drivers Club for as little five dollars a month. You too can become a member of the Overcrest Drivers Club. What do you get? Well, you get exclusive content, access to all of our back catalog of Drivers Club only episodes that we do. You also get access on our Discord to exclusive channels. You also get some exclusive access to merch we've done in the past. You get early access to, to new out, merch like, we're gonna we want to do more we want to do more um, all right new this okay we want to do something special for you guys we're trying to figure it out yeah like we were talking before we did the episode like should we do a print like with a poster or should we because like, we've should done that send in the everybody past. A, like a super unique shirt like, yep what do we what should we do like what can we do we're figuring something out so and, it, we're and whatever it. we do it's gonna go it to Everyone. everyone i don't care yep. what tier you are we're going to do something for everybody yes and hey if you're not a member and we send that stuff out and you sign up too bad for you i'm not i'm not like <laughs> we're not trying. back i'm we're not, not back, back ordering yeah okay so this month albert ayers andrew ritchie jeff murphy mark Duguay, matt silverlock kaylin richardson brian reeves ben powell and chad trust all knew this month awesome it's, thank I you mean, guys. you guys huge support thank you and like i said I, you know what someone sent me a dm and said i joined because you called me a freeloader and it made me kind of feel <laughs> like one. And guess what you See, are a freeloader if you haven't signed up just, for the driver's club just the asshole true to that's, brand right that's there me. that's me we talk about talk about that on friday's episode a little bit Good. We yeah we do actually. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. Back to news. So last week, Tesla made headlines as China forced them to recall over a million cars over what was described as a braking issue, which 
by the way, Chris, do you know the origin of the term breaking? Didn't we talk about this as shooting As our Overcrest exclusive that we just recorded. Yeah, Yeah, the Driver's Uh, Club episode. Yes. You could be be the guy at the party. You know, that's what we are. We're ammunition for you to be the guy that's interesting (laughs) at the party. Ammunition, huh? Yeah. So you can have have a negative connotation. Yeah, but uh, well, only if you're a dark, fucked up individual. Otherwise, it's just so that's why you thought of it. Okay. regardless, <laughs> this recall actually wasn't a recall at all. What happened was Tesla released a new over the air feature that allowed for variable regenerative braking. So have you ever driven a uh, Tesla? You know, so you let yeah. off the throttle. And you can't call has, it the gas. Yeah. Regen braking. And so it has variable. Yeah. Does it? You can select it. Yeah. You can a variable like how this was, I think, additional additional function or something. So for whatever reason, people weren't able to figure out how to adjust it or how to access this. And the cars were suddenly driving completely differently, right? Like the dynamics of letting off the throttle pedal behaved totally different, which it's really weird that we now live in an age where you can go out in your garage one morning, get in and an update completely changed the way the car drives. That is very strange. But regardless, this recall it was these issues which basically consisted of these over-the-air updates, and they then just sent a new update, and it was fine. But it was interesting because I saw this article everywhere about like, oh, there's you know millions of cars recalled in China, and then someone had to come out with a statement and go, actually, they just did another over-the-air update. Yeah, everybody, it's it's interesting. I, I still think it's hilarious that everybody was on Elon Musk jock until he bought, bought Twitter. And now everybody's like, I hate Tesla. Never mind. Yeah. Totally fine when he's calling people pedophiles and being himself because he was all Tesla EV green boy. Now, even though he said he voted for Biden, they don't like the guy. He bought Twitter, ruining their place. So now Tesla is always under attack. I won't go into that. But uh, Chris, you mentioned last week how you saw the Huna Pegasus at Luke. Yeah, I did. And uh, you weren't. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, you were able to chat with the builders a little bit, too. Well, Leah Block, daughter of the late Ken Block, has announced that she will be driving the car at the 2023 Pikes Peak International Hill climb this June. The untimed run will be a tribute, of course, to her father. Last year, Ken drove the Hunapigasis in the unrestricted Pikes Peak open class. But due to an engine issue prevented him from actually qualifying. So it'll be really cool to see Leah there kind of celebrating that and putting the car up the mountain. It's a tribute run, to be clear. Yes, that's so what I... Time, yeah. No. Which it'll... is good, because as far as I can tell, this thing is would be terrifying to drive <laughs> up there. I haven't driven up Pikes Peak, but we talked to Jeff, who's uh, part of Overcast. Yes. He's like, dude, you're like going five miles an hour, 20 miles an hour, and just not looking over the edge. Yeah. I can't imagine going flat out up Pikes Peak. I can't either. Absolutely no nuts. I get kind of nervous. If, if like, There's a lot of places like on Beartooth Pass where you're going... And this is what was scary about um, all you see grid. is the horizon. You, it's there's nothing. It's just Armco sky. That's yep. it. Yep. Like, That's the end are, of the world. You are. You ever step on a soda can? That's you. That's you. If you drive off of this thing. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> oh, you're just, crumpled. You're, you're crumpled. crumpled. You're smashed. Yes. Yeah, this is absolutely. Like... Oh, you were just referring to that because you had one right there. I do. You were ready I for that one. effect. I was. So. I will say with all the doom and gloom regarding EV cars that we're talking about here and Chris, you lamenting that you won't be able to drive your old car in the future. We have been noticing kind of a cool trend with some manufacturers. It started with Porsche Classic, of course, offering direct factory parts support for its old models. Then I don't know if you remember uh, Mazda followed suit. Yeah, yeah. They are newly manufacturing replacement parts for some of its popular order models. And the last to embrace this and support the classic cars came from Aston Martin who announced that his classic car department will now be offering full engine blocks, wow. cylinder heads, transmissions, all of it, for a variety of their old models, including the DB4, DB5, 6, and select like, V8 models. I did not look up pricing. Okay. Right. Um, it's yeah, but be astronomical. It does. But it's really cool. Like, if you have a, like, concourse-level DB5, you can buy a brand-new factory engine for it now, which is yeah, very right. cool. They developed all the tooling to manufacture the parts from... Um, the original specs and I mean, how many of these are they really going to sell not you many know, like, but they did like it's not like they had these castings around like they had to remanufacture 
all of the tooling to do so. They and made it was some cool. pretty sick V8s. They did. In some cases, they actually had to go to the original suppliers to recreate parts. So the transmissions are, of course, a key example. And they're supplied by Germany's ZF. We've all heard of ZF transmissions. Quote, what the ZF heritage. For, do you know? Zufenhaus in fucking Tugendach. No, I this do not know. This is my skeptical face. I don't think that's right. No, it is not. Um, quote, the heritage department at gearbox supplier ZF, for instance, was invaluable in helping to recreate original specification gearboxes, said Paul Spars, Aston Martin Works president, in a statement. They basically had to go through their old archives to pull out the specs of these transmissions and help them. So it's it's just cool seeing rad. I like major manufacturers go back. You want to know what it stands that. for? Yes. It's very close because you were just doing gibberish, but it yes. sounds like German gibberish anyway. Yes. Okay. Zahnrad fabric, Friedrichshafen. Yes. Which means cogwheel factory. <laughs> <laughs> which is great. I mean, it's perfect. It's yeah. very, very literal, right? Because yeah. it yeah, probably well, did start out before transmission. It's probably a very old company that just made cogwheels, I imagine. Uh, here's, here, a company was founded in 1915 by Friedrichshafen in, uh, in Germany, but, oh, in yep. Friedrichshafen, Germany, by Luftschiffbau Zeppelin GMGBH to produce gears for Zeppelins and other airships. Oh, that's cool. Zeppelin was unable to otherwise obtain gears for the airships. By 1919, ZF had moved into the automobile market, a move consolidated by the terms of the Treaty of Versailles. So oh, the wow. most important milestones that followed were a patent application for a six-speed transmission. Which That's is cool. Pretty yep. freaking sweet. Oh man, this dude is cherry looking. Wow, what a guy. The founder. I, I, I have to share this. This just makes more I, editing, but I have to share this photo of this guy. This dude all right. is I, I'm gonna have to add this to my list of cool history stories. Even if it's just a short, I think it'll be Look really at this cool. guy. Look at this man. Oh that is a mustache. I wanna I mean, this dude. That is a mustache. Wow. Oh. Yeah. I should shave my head. What do you think? You're getting there. I can only if you just grow the mustache like that and dye it white. Well, he's got a picture of him, like his family or something. Is that? Yeah, that's odd. That for looks a portrait. like that looks like. Uh, what do you? What do you? God, who wrote the com- uh, Communist Manifesto? I'm drawing a blank right now. That, that's him right there, though. I'm, I'm I'm almost sure of it. Okay. I, okay. Stop sharing. Did we stop sharing? We did. Okay. Yeah. What a guy. <laughs> Made cogs for zeppelins. <laughs> which right. i do have on my list that i need to get to here soon is the history of airships like that Ooh. entire era just so cool and wild i want to go on an airship did you know we invented uh did you see the the military program where they were going to take just giant pieces of tungsten steel into space no. and to instead of nuking people they were just going to drop giant rods of tungsten from space and the gravity would pull them into a city and do massive amounts of damage, almost like a huge kiloton bomb, but wouldn't have any nuclear fallout. And they would use tungsten rods to do it. Why? Why tungsten? Because it's heavy. And it can withstand the uh, reentering the atmosphere. So you you're making this. Giant... This is like this is an onion story. No. Do I need you to... realize how expensive it would be to take something heavy enough to cause damage like that into the atmosphere? You can't do that. You cannot do that. United States Air Force Rods from God kinetic weapon program. (laughs) The Rods from God idea was was a bundle of telephone pole size, 20 feet long, one foot in diameter, tungsten rods dropped from orbit, reaching a speed of 10 times the speed of sound. The rod itself would penetrate hundreds of feet into the earth, destroying any potential hardened bunkers or secret underground sites. Okay, so it's not like a bomb going off, but it's a way of... Such a weapon could destroy a target with 15 minutes of notice. Uh, let's see what is the cost of $230 million a rod was unimaginable during the Cold War. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Because you can't get something heavy up that high. Read the original article. I'm, I just I want to see if there's like anything that says these okay, air so force this was rods from gods could hit with the force of a nuclear weapon. It says right here. Blah, blah, blah. Wow, that doesn't make sense. Lazy dog projectiles could reach speeds of up to 500 miles per hour as they fell to the ground and could penetrate nine inches of concrete after being dropped from as little as 3,000 feet. <laughs> wow. Like, holy shit. I wonder if there's, I just want to find out how many kilotons of energy, how much energy they, they had. Blah, blah, blah. 
Well, dude, so they cost $230 million versus the Minuteman ICBM was only $7 million back then. Yeah. Yeah. The problem but, was is that a nuclear you know, weapon would penetrate. So you could be in a you could be in a bunker. Oh. Whereas these you can yeah. go through any. The idea you is want. like shooting bullets at a target, except instead of losing velocity as it travels, the projectile is gaining velocity and the energy that will be expended <laughs> on impact. I mean That is pretty crazy. A telephone pole sized chunk of tungsten from space. What was it? Rods from God. Rods from God. <laughs> you should see if you can figure out. The militarizing our world's ultimate high ground would violate the clear intent of the 1967 Outer Space Treaty, which was designed to keep pace. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, this is a good one for you. But dude. that's I want to know more okay. Send that to me. Rod's Text that to me. They so reached I don't Mach 10 by the time yeah. they hit Earth. So what I saw was like a satellite <laughs> that had a cone, and the cone would open up, and then they would just like slide out, and then they could yeah, use... just like toothpicks, just funk funk. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rods text that to me so Rods I can do that God. later. Dude, just remember, how could you forget Rods from God? Yeah, you're text right. Text it to yourself. You're fine. I'm, okay. Fine. All right, you what want to talk about me? the next one? Or yeah, no? the Nürburgring has increased its minimum speed limit. I didn't know they had right. a minimum speed limit. So Germany's I Nürburgring is the one of the most popular racetracks in the world. As we know, it is actually considered a public toll road. So I've been on right. the Nürburgring. I have took you? a Mercedes okay. A-Class diesel. Yes. On the Nürburgring. Okay. And that is one of the slowest vehicles probably to traverse the Nürburgring. It was right. absolutely chugging along super slow. And since you have done it, were people passing you left and right on oh, crazy cars terrifying. and the closing speed was terrifying. Right. Terrifying. So that's why they're doing this. The current um, cost of a lap is around $40. However, there are restrictions. There's a minimum speed limit of 80 miles per hour. According to Road and Track, the minimum speed was only recently increased from a previous speed of only 37 miles per hour, which is ridiculous <laughs> when you think of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I, I was saying I just saw an in-car video this week of like a E90 M3 doing a lap of the ring, and he's passing a slower car, but then as he overtakes them, there's even a slower car coming over, or like they're approaching over this crest, so it almost causes like this huge pileup, and it's, it's just the closing speed. The potential so if you're going like a, that fast. There's some it sort makes of, sense. When I, was, when I was there, there was some sort of wristband that you could have. Okay. Would, I don't know if it's kind of like a season pass or something. I don't really know how it worked, but these dudes had a wristband and they could and they would just drive it over and over and over again. It wasn't $39 each time. Got it. But these dudes, I went around in some Opal sedan and a Bird Cup Polo G40. So those are the two. Oh, that's cool. And yeah. then I drove, drove the shitbox A-Class. <laughs> so lame I'd, I'd love to do it again one thing that you don't everybody's played the Nürburgring on Gran Turismo or Forza or something like that yeah and one thing that doesn't translate at all is the elevation changes I've are heard that monumental you're going Huge. up and down and left and right and up and left and down and right and it is there's so many blind like things where huh. if you're sitting there you're going to get absolutely effed yeah if someone's not paying attention yeah which is it, why you need is, a minimum speed limit you need a minimum speed limit well, that that's that's fine you could that probably drive sense. most of the track at 80 miles an hour without yeah. issue in a standard pedestrian car all right so chris i i tried to watch one of the more recent fast and the furious movies it was like either number eight or nine have you even tried or attempted to watch these i don't i remember. i couldn't i turned it off like they're just so ridiculous and silly now they've it's I'm i haven't you, been there's it, there needs to like DC comics whoever directs those and made the Batman movie cool and did Joker and made it like yep. not. They need to like make a, a gritty game. origin story. Well, yeah. So I, I haven't been paying attention to the franchise because of this, yep. but apparently this year's new movie, Fast X, is supposed to be the start of the finale. What do you mean the start of the, the series? Well, let me tell you. Originally, the story was planned to have uh, basically a two part finale. So they're going to make two movies as the end of the franchise. You, then, have you ever seen Last Action Hero? No, I didn't. With the Arnold one with, Schwarzenegger and the kid. I know what you're talking one about. Of this, one of the scenes, and this is basically where a kid gets teleported into the movie screen. So he's in oh, the movie. Really? Yeah. Okay, I get And it. then, uh, well, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. It's a good movie. You should watch it. Spoiler it from 1980-whatever. <laughs> no, it's in the early 90s, I think. Okay. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's most un underrated movie by said by Arnold Schwarzenegger. He said really? this is his most underrated movie. Yes. 
Um, and it's like making a comeback now or something. I watched it the other day because I was reading. I get his newsletter. And I was like <laughs> okay. reading like, yeah. Um, anyway, so in this movie, the 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 main character uh, who's played by Arnold Schwarzenegger is like, are they going to cancel me? Like, is my movie going to get canceled? Because yeah. he's a real person because the kid goes into the movie and then he becomes realized. Right. Then all of a sudden he is like a, a real person. Uh, and are they going to cancel me? He's like, nah, your box office is still pretty good. Once it starts to slip, then they'll kill you off. And I can tell you right now, oh. if these movies, the the last two of the series, are still making money, they ain't gonna stop. They're not well, gonna stop. They'll they'll keep making them till start things start well, to dip off. Here, let me let me finish what I'm about to read because you're not wrong. Um, yeah, so they they're gonna be basically a two part finale. Then just last week during the red carpet interview, Vin Diesel teased that the studio requested the saga go out with a trilogy instead of a two part finale. On! As originally planned. I'm no. sure they did. Cha-ching. Quote, Going into making this movie, the studio asked if this could be a two-parter, Vin Diesel said. And then after the studio saw this one, they said, Could you make Fast X the final, the finale, a trilogy? I'm sure uh, they asked Vin Diesel that. No, they didn't. Uh, with Diesel hinting that a 12th movie is planned, the saga may stretch into the second half of the decade. Diesel did say, however, that while the main storyline will come to an end, there's still room for spinoffs like 2019 Hobbs and Shaw. Hook up with me. We can write a script together. So basically what they're saying is they're like the actors are getting too old and they're running out of storyline for the main story, but they're going to use the the universe to make all these spinoffs still. Why don't we? Maybe maybe Jesse didn't die in the first movie. That'd be kind of cool. You know, where like he's like on a ventilator and like maybe it's Ooh. a little bit about his life and like how he comes back and he's like trying to get he's trying and maybe it rewinds. Right. Everybody's a little younger. They can do it now. I like with AI, that. Right. And it goes back into that time. We're just trying to come it. back. I don't know, man. Like, can we just do like I'm a, a grown ass man. Right. When a car well, here's the over, thing. there's no drive shaft. I fucking noticed, dude. The problem is most of the audience are old men now. Right, because we grew up with these. Yeah, it's old men taking their kids and going, "Hey, look at this great!" And the kids are like, "What is this crap? This is the worst movie." I've well, ever it seen is in my life. so dumb. There's no nostalgia left. It's all been squeezed out. You know, you yeah. couldn't put this stone in a five hundred thousand psi press and have anything come out of it. It's done. <laughs> Not it's a diamond. Over. Not a Nothing. diamond. Nothing. Chris, do you want a new GT3 motor, but in a small convertible? Because uh, you had me till that. convertible, but really, I mean, you could hear it. The new S- Porsche just released the 718 Spider RS. I do like a Spider. Yes. I don't like a Boxster, really. I think they kind of look doofusy. That's what this is. is I know, Boxster. but like, but they, but they have like the little thing on the back and like the the humps and stuff. And I don't think a Boxster yeah. has those. Like visually, a a Spider looks different. It looks more aggressive it's defined it doesn't, differently but i'm pretty sure all the it's almost like a mini career gt those. correct like yes it's like a 100%. mini career gt is what i yeah. think of when i think of a spider they're cool yeah so porsche released tuesday the 718 spider rs which is a limited edition model that combines the 718 boxer spider body with the entire powertrain of a 2022 911 gt3 so it basically is the gt4 rs without the roof which interestingly enough is actually the gt4 rs the one with the roof is 11 pounds heavier it always used to be that the convertible was the heavier car right because they needed chassis reinforcements and like all the mechanicals for the top can i this can time I it's actually lighter yes there's even if you had the money there's no way we could get one of these they're all sold oh every sure. allocation is already yeah, done who cares and given to some douchebag yeah. that no, i would drive never it. Yeah, you know, it's cool to recognize at least. I, I don't know, dude. Just you don't make care? the car. Just make the car. Make the car for anybody that wants to buy the car. Just sell the f- car. That's how to they the used to. That just was sell how the car. Porsche used to. Can do I just it. They... buy the car, please? Can I just buy the car? You know what? Yeah. You know what sucks is if I was like sixteen, mm-hmm. and we have a friend that really wants a GT4, and he can't buy one unless it's used because and he has the money he's got literally could yep. just take a briefcase you went to the dealer the cash and they're like sorry we don't have an allocation for you 
because you haven't yep. been stroking our cock long enough. Sorry. <laughs> Here, why don't we put it right in your mouth and just hang out this way for a little okay. while, no, no, and then you can have one no. later. It's so Cutting stupid you that you got to buy all these different things. Own yeah. this, own that, do this, do that, have a Macan, so, buy one of these new, get one of these new, have a 911. If you buy a 911 Carrera, next time you can have a turbo. And if you buy a turbo, then you can have a GT3. And if you have the GT3, then you can have the GT3 RS. Very it's the dumb. stupidest ladder ever. How does that look to a kid that's 16 years old that sees himself owning something like this? The, the kid that's dreaming. The kid well, that's dreaming. And this is something that's happened over the last 10 years, right? It didn't right. always used and to be so this let me, way. I know. Let me tell you why. Because how, how first does the of all, dream happen? How do you how do you imagine yourself? The sixteen year old like, kid oh. doesn't know that this exists. They don't know that there's this allocation system. And this whole model came from, by the way, Ferrari. Ferrari was famous for saying yeah. we do market studies and market research. If we know that there are five hundred people that would buy this car at this price point, we're gonna build four hundred and ninety nine. That was no, their there's quote. way more people they that said, buy this stuff. There's way no, more I know. But you don't get my my point, Chris, is that they basically manufacture exclusivity, Ferrari did, into their marketing, right? So they would say, if there's 500 people that want this car, we will build 499 so that there's always one person that will pay more and it's exclusive, right? Yeah, so yeah. Porsche never used to do that. Model. They would build... No, it's not because now you have exclusivity and you have many people paying way more money than you could have otherwise. But I agree. Porsche up level, until dude. recently... This isn't a Ferrari... It's right. a fucking Volkswagen. Why are you yelling at me? I'm agreeing with you. I'm just up until angry. recently I'm just angry about it. I don't. They like never it. used to do this. You know, who's they never got used great to stickers for this. What well, is who? is uh, Kilo? Yeah, I saw that. They have the they have the sticker that says Ferrari F E R R A R spelled out or whatever. Or Porsche slap. is spelled Ferrari or something. Yeah, no, it doesn't even say. It. it just says Ferrari spelled out, and it goes on your Porsche because that's what are, what are we doing? Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's just it, it's stupid. Wow. I don't I don't like God, it at Chris all. Really fired up. Well, if you could have afforded one or been able to get one, it was 162 grand. Blah, I, don't blah, blah. I don't I don't care anymore. Hey, do yeah. you guys want to do rad shit with us? And like we can be excited about some stuff together. That's not that. Yes. No allocation. Let's just hang yes. out and do do cool stuff. If you're a, if you're a, if you want to partner with us, if you got some cool stuff going on, look us up. Send us a message. You know how. We'd love to yeah. work with you. We're open to ideas. Just let us know. That's we it. really are. We're, we're always it. looking That's for cool thing. partnerships. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do last story here, Chris. Um, yeah. Did you see the trailer for the new Gran Turismo movie? No. I do you know about this? I don't. Okay. So let me tell you about this. Well, there, we'll play the trailer here in a minute. But let me tell you about the movie. It's really kind of cool. So it's based on the true story of Jan Martinborough, a British gamer turned racer who won his initial race seat through the GT Academy, which was a competition organized by Nissan and Sony. So the real life GT Academy ran from 2008 to 16. And what it did is it took players of Gran Turismo, Sony's racing game, and it pitted them against each other with the prize being the chance to become the Nissan factory driver. Yeah, I remember so this, that. That was cool. Yeah. And so Martinborough was, won the competition in 2009, or 2011 excuse me, at just 19 years old. He was one of the youngest. And he then went on to compete in the British GT Championship the following year and also raced at the 24 Hours Le Mans twice, finishing third in the LMP2 class in 2013. It was like a really cool success story for this kid. And the trailer that they're making actually looks really good. All right, you want to play it? Yeah, we can play it a little bit. I'll try to describe what's going on for those not watching. No, they, 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 it's whatever. They they can just listen. It's fine. fine. You don't have to. You don't have to like do some sort of. You don't like, want handicapped me to... reading of the. <laughs> well, first of all, it has Stranger Things guy. I can like halfway hear it. Can you hear audio? Because I don't think anyone can hear audio. I can't do anything. It's, it's what it is. All right. Well, maybe we don't need to do that. But it's got a lot of big actors in it. Some apparently really cool shots of real driving and a cool free like real story. I love. Do you have audio? Can you hear it? Nothing. No audio at all. None. Nothing. None. All right. Well, I'm not going to play this then. I don't. That's why I was saying. Yeah. Frustrating. That is frustrating, but that's a cool movie. A heck of a lot better than any of the Fast and the Furious stuff. Uh, yeah, absolutely. 
a little bit more. It's, it's gone so far. I mean, the first movie had some realism issues too, but I don't know. Yeah, they none of them were that great, but at least they weren't what, like. What do we got going on on Friday, Jake? Uh, oh, we have the recap, the yeah, part, part two, two of part two, your journey off to Lifty Cool and on the way back with it's your a, daughter. It's a pretty, pretty. We get kind of deep, deep with it. Yeah, pretty, we I get think it is probably one of our and, deepest episodes that we've, that we've had. It, which I know people have liked that in the past, so hopefully you do too. Get to know us a little better. All right. Um, I think that's all that we know. What was I going to say? I was going to say something. I don't remember. Whatever, Chris. That you love me. Sure. All right, guys. See you later. (laughs) On that note, take care.